0: We return to tonight's golden showcase.
1: Hey, kids! This is me, Icy Robots, and I am away for the week. I am getting some, uh, I'm getting some dental work done, and I, I don't know, man. I'm just not able to record a new episode. And also, sadly, we have heard about the passing of the great Peter Mayhew, who you may know as Chewbacca. I'm assuming that you do chewbacca has been one of my favorite characters in all of the star wars lore i i respect his loyalty i respect his gravitas i i just respect so much about the uh, the wookiee known as chewbacca and i was i was very saddened to hear about the passing of mr mayu by all accounts he has always been a he's been a generous friend He's been a good person. He's been, he's been all kinds of things to all kinds of people. It's, it's so hard to see the the stars of Star Wars passing away. It's, it's happening more and more frequently. We've lost Carrie Fisher. We lost Kenny Baker. We've now lost Peter Mayhew. That's Princess Leia, R two D two, and Chewbacca. And sadly, it's gonna, it's gonna keep happening. I. I don't know, time moves on, we all eventually pass off this mortal coil, but it's, it's just really sad to see our heroes. Our heroes fade away, so as a tribute, I have decided to re-air episode number 26, which was focused on the Chewbacca action figures produced by Kenner. We also touch upon a lot of, like, the history... Of the character of Chewbacca, what makes him who he is, where he came from, his, his time on Kashyyyk, all sorts of, uh, neat things. This, this episode was from a long, long time ago, it's weird, it's weird to hear myself from back then, my voice sounds like, it's like at a higher pitch, I sound all weird, I don't know, I don't think it sounds bad, I just, I think that it sounds different than what we're used to now, I, I guess we all grow, we all improve, this this was a fun one, though. We we have all kinds of neat things in there besides the uh, Chewbacca stuff. Like, I start off talking about Bay's Rinkin Video, which was a video store in my neighborhood that closed down. Bay's was an institution. I miss that place so much. It's It was right next door to the Safeway that we shop at, so I see it all the time. For a while, it was a party store, but the party store shut down. Now it's... Now it's just an empty building, and it makes me, it makes me sad. Sure, I still got Joe Video, and I love Joe Video, but Joe Video is all the way across town, so I don't know, man. I, I definitely miss Bay's Rinkin, and then, then we review Kingsman. Kingsman was good. I liked it. I liked the sequel, too. I understand that there is going to be a prequel to, uh, that coming soon. Here's, here's another interesting note. This episode was, I think, 37 minutes long, and at the time it was the longest episode that I had ever recorded, which is, which is wacky, I've long since gone, like, gone, like, double that, I think that, I think the 45 or 50 minutes is the perfect length for the, for the program, at that, at that point, I think you're left wanting more, any longer than that, and you're like, geez, won't this guy just shut up, but, uh, Let's uh let's get into the episode. It's a good one. I think you're going to learn a lot about Chewbacca action figures. It's it's a fitting tribute to Peter Mayhew, who we will we will all miss very very much. He was only in his seventies, but he's he's seven feet tall. People that large sadly cast a giant shadow, but they don't live to cast it as long as as we would like. So with all that said, Peter Mayhew, they reminisce over you.
0: Welcome to the Toys R Us report. He throws a curve because he's got the nerve to make a triple play. Your host, Icy Robots.
1: Alright, greetings Earth people. I am from Jupiter to me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a little better each and every week. And this week, it is going to get a lot better. We got a really fun show ahead of us. We're going to lead off with the story about the last video store in my area closing down and what I came up on in the wake of their sad demise. Then it's on to At The Movies, where we're going to talk about a really cool film I saw called Kingsman. Or is it the Kingsman? I think it's just Kingsman. Then we're going to move into the retro toy marketplace, where we're going to take a look at the first ever Star Wars toy here on the Toys R Us report. Yes, we're going to take a look at one of my favorite characters in the series, Chewbacca. It's a super fun show. Make sure to go call a friend so you guys can listen together. All right, hit it.
0: Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Podcast and videos out of here. Fan page and MySpace out of here. No doubt ISR is all school, but he ain't showing out. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the greatest podcast in the world.
1: We went down to the shopping center to get a take and bake pizza. We do that from time to time. It's not something we usually indulge in, but every once in a while when you're a little bit too tired to make something better, a take and bake is a nice, uh, it's a nice alternative and plus they are fairly affordable. At any rate, while we were down there getting the take and bake, I saw a big red banner. That let me know that my local video store, Bayes Rankin Video, was going down for the count. They were going to go out of business. It was really sad because Bayes has been a local institution forever. They have been the video store of renown for this part of Rankin Valley for, Jesus, a long time. I am thinking 20, 25 years. They have been in business forever. Bayes outlasted all the blockbusters in our area. They outlasted all of the Hollywood videos. They outlasted mega powerhouse local chain Bradley Video. That was where I worked. I was a manager at Bradley Video, and Bay's outlasted us, which I do not know how. Bayes maintained one location, whereas at Bradley, we had at a peak, I believe, eight. And we were certain we were going to drive every area video store out of business. It was a cutthroat business at the time, and we would match it whenever they had a special... We would beat their prices, we would do whatever it takes. But when it came down to it, Bayes outlasted us all. It really got to the point with Bayes where I did not see them ever going down. It didn't, it just, I don't know, it did not seem possible that they would go out of business after lasting as long as they have. But all things must come to an end and Bayes ranking video is going to be shutting down in a few weeks. Which is, you know, it is sad but all things do have to finally shut down and well, they were having a really good sale, and as you may know, or you may not know, I am a full-on VHS tape collector. I don't know why. I think, you know, it's like how some dudes have a uh, a home video arcade, and they try to bring back that old video nostalgia by by putting it exactly as close to what it would have been as possible. I want to do the same thing, but I want to do it with a video store, like an 80s video store full of VHS tapes, and, well, I guess it's nothing that I will ever do more than likely, but I do kind of want to do that, so... I don't know, it's really weird. It's a weird thing to even want to do, I think. But, it isn't in reality any weirder than trying to set up your whole garage as a video arcade, I guess. Because I don't really want to set up a whole room per se, but I would like to have one wall full of videotapes that is reminiscent of one of the video stores that I frequented as a youth. I don't know, it's really weird and I shouldn't even talk about it because now, you guys probably think I am a total weirdo. If you didn't already, but you probably do. But at any rate, Bayes Rinkin Video was one of the few video stores around here that still had VHS tapes. Bayes Rinkin was a movie lovers video store and as such they would keep videotapes of movies that were not yet available on DVD which is really great. It's really great that they have these things there just in case you happen to be looking for one of them I guess. And I know that almost everything is available on YouTube or Vimeo or one of these other services. So it's not really like anything has ever lost to history. But I'm the kind of dude who still likes to have a hard copy of things. And well, it was cool to go to Bayes and get up on all of their VHS stock that is unavailable on DVD. I got a lot of good stuff. A lot of good karate movies. A lot of good action movies. Some boxing tapes. A lot of great out of print Hard to find stuff. But it was sad that to get up on this stuff, it was at the expense of Bay's Rinkin' Video. So, Bay's Rinkin' Video, we reminisce over you.
0: Check one, two. The return of the Boom Bat means just that it means the return of the real hard beats and toy chat. Another silly sucker won his champion belt. But like a microwave these days, he make him melt. He never crossed over, never went pop. You know ISR will give you real toy talk. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right?
1: I'm offering you the opportunity to become a Kingsman. Yes. Like a spy. Of sorts.
0: Marching
1: it, sorry about that. Needed to let off a little steam. Fun of a bitch. Kingsman: The Secret Service. the We haven't been out to the movies in a few weeks. I don't know why that is. It just kind of happened. That we were not able to make it out there on Saturday night, which is really like my favorite point of the week. I love the Saturday night movies, and I love going to the cinema, going to the theater, hanging out, eating popcorn, and then maybe going to Toys R Us on the way back. I'm a simple dude. I like the same things I did when I was 12. At any rate, we did finally make it to the movies, and the movie we went to see, which we had been sleeping on for a while, I totally wanted to see it when it came out, but we never made it there, but finally we did... And I want to say it was great. We saw Kingsman. I cannot recommend this movie high enough. If you're the kind of dude who has taken their time to listen to my silly show, you are probably the kind of dude that needs to go and see Kingsman. It is great. If you liked Kick-Ass, if you like Mark Miller's comics, if you like Spies, it's great. If you like fights and you like action and you like comedy as well... This this has everything. I really, really, really enjoyed this from top to bottom. The movie is based off a Mark Miller comic from a few years ago. You might know Mark Miller. He wrote Marvel Civil Wars. He wrote Kick-Ass. He is one of my favorites. He might be my favorite writer. He is somebody who, when they come out with something, I rush down to check it out because I know it's going to be innovative. I know it's going to be creative. It's the kind of innovative where they take an idea and build upon the idea in a new Interesting direction. That's how I would describe Mark Miller. He takes your old ideas and makes them cool and also new again. And Kingsman is a perfect example of that. It is like a very regular spy movie, but at the same time, the action is innovative. The... It's just... It's really... Really fun, really neat stuff. The fight scenes are just fantastic. And while we are on the subject of fights, the dude who has the best fight in the movie is Colin Firth. I mean, yes, the dude from the Queen's Speech. Colin Firth is in there kicking butt and taking names. I was surprised at how well he can pull it off. Of course, it's choreographed, so really he is just, you know, filling in the pieces, the missing pieces of the scene by being in a certain place at a certain time and doing an exact certain thing the director's telling him, but he really pulls it off. He is totally, he is a B.A., like B.A. Baracus in this movie. It, I was just surprised. And by the end of the movie, I'm thinking, man, I like Colin Firth more than I did already. Which was like a ton, so you know he had to do something really special. And he really shined in The Kingsman. And when we were at the movie, it got a rare audience applause how often does that happen people started spontaneously clapping at the end of the movie it was a great time i can't recommend it high enough isr recommended 10 thumbs up
0: get ready for the retro marketplace okay I see robots this is your one chance. Show them what you got. Chewbacca by
1: Kenner. As long as I can remember, I have been a fan of the second banana. My favorite dude in He-Man was Man at Arms. My favorite dude in Clash of the Titans was Perseus's sidekick, Thallo. I don't know why that is. I think maybe I have some kind of an ego deficiency That does not allow me to see myself as being the top dude in the movie, but I might be the kind of dude who is the best friend of the dude who is the star of the movie. I don't know, I think maybe a lot of people feel that way because the sidekick is usually a popular character. Even though a lot of times he is just used to get heat and what I mean by that is they kill him to get sympathy. You know what I'm talking about, how the good guy's best buddy always gets smoked toward the end. To give the villain a little more villainousness with the audience, and to give a little more heroousness to the main character, that sentence didn't make a lot of sense, and I think I can say it better. What I mean to say is that in a movie, they will very often kill the main hero's best buddy so you feel sympathetic for the main hero and also hate the villain a little bit more. How was that? Was that good? I think that explained it fairly well, right? This is totally irrelevant because Chewbacca who we're going to talk about does not get killed in the movie but he is the second banana he might even be the third banana because realistically Han Solo is the second banana so that makes him the third banana he is the sidekicks sidekick and that's not a bad place to be because you see when they wanted to get some heat on the Empire Han Solo got it right because you need to have a little sympathy for Leia and Luke, so that leaves Chewbacca totally in the clear. Unless you want to get heat on Han Solo, Chewbacca is safe as can be. I am not really using heat in the right way. What I am saying when I say heat is you want to heat things up for the character. In like a traditional pro wrestling sense, I believe that when you're getting heat on somebody, you're beating them down. I think. Like when they have the dudes getting beat down, beat down, beat down before he can tag in his partner. I think that's getting the heat on them. I'm pretty sure. I might actually go look this up and come right back. Hold on one second. So, according to Wikipedia, the insider wrestling news source, getting heat is two things. It could be when two dudes don't like each other for real, like heat takes the place of the word beef. Or, it could be when you're getting a good reaction from the crowd, like they're cheering for you if you're a good guy, or if they're booing for you when you're a bad guy. So maybe I was right, because by doing these things, by killing the sidekick... You're going to get some booze. Or if you kill the villain sidekick, maybe you'll get some cheers. I don't know. It could work both ways. Anyway, let's move on to my story about why I have interest in Chewbacca. Coming up, I would spend a lot of time with my cousin and some of his friends. He's an older dude. He's the dude with the National Geographic magazines. I told this on the Christmas episode of the Coleco Visions podcast. I recommend you go check that out. Anyway... I would sometimes hang out with him and his cronies, and Star Wars was, of course, super popular, and we would play Star Wars all the time. Now, naturally, I would want to be Luke or Han Solo or one of the cool dudes, but they were older, and they got first dibs on who they were, and I believe that they would trade off back and forth. One time, one dude would be Solo, and then the other time, the dude would be Skywalker. They were nice enough to let me play, and they were nice enough to give me a cool character. That character was, of course, Chewbacca. Now... You have to remember that they were older than me. I was still a little dude and they were a lot taller than me. It was like the Mexican wrestling mini version of a character. I was like mini Chewbacca. They had a cool costume for me. My cousin's mom, I guess my aunt, my aunt had a really fuzzy blanket. I don't know where she got it from, but it was like a bearskin skin blanket. And they would use it, wrap it around me, and they had a belt that was like the bandolier. And they would wrap it around the middle of me. It was hard to get it over the shoulder with the big blanket. So it went around the middle, and they had one of those Collegeville. I don't know who put out the Star Wars costumes. The ones with the plastic mask and the smock. The mask and the smock, and I had the mask for it. I think that I looked pretty cool. I wish that there were pictures of this nowadays to take a look at, but there isn't, and that's a bit of a bummer because I feel like I would like to share this with IC Robots Jr., who has become a little bit of a cosplay fan herself, and I could show her, oh, hey, I was an early innovator in the genre. At any rate, we're going to move forward on the Chewbacca tale here. It wasn't that great of a story in the first place. Without a visual, I'm sorry. Maybe I will draw a picture. Maybe you want to draw a picture of somebody... In such a costume, share it with everybody. You can do that over on the Facebook IC Robots form. That's facebook.com/is double robots. All right, let's dig around here in the good old videotape collection. Find a nice Chewbacca commercial. Got one queued up already. Here we go. Pop it in. Take off. From
0: Kenner's Star Wars collection, each stuff separately. Large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Mm. Princess Leia, champion of the Rebel cause, with her defender Luke Skywalker. You can swing him into action on his grappling hook and load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large size action figures, up to 15 inches tall, and ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner.
1: Let's start off with a little bit of history about the man himself, Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a Wookiee. What is a Wookiee? Well, a Wookiee is a sentient being from the planet Kashyyyk. Now, I don't know if that is how you pronounce it. I think it is. If I'm wrong, don't let me know. I don't really care. I do care for the sake of accuracy, but I don't really need to know because I don't think I'll be talking about planet Kashyyyk a lot more than I am here today. Maybe a little Maybe a bit, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he is from the planet Kashyyyk, which is also known as Eden, Wookiee, Planet C, or also Wookiee World. Those last names are a tad condescending. I don't know. Wookiee World seems a little bit condescending, but I do think overall the way that they treat the Wookiees is generally pretty condescending. Wookiees are sentient beings, but dudes are always making jokes about turning them into rugs, which is way uncool. You do not turn a sentient dude into a rug. Shame on you, everyone in the Star Wars universe. Okay, let's get back on task. The planet Kashyyyk is a large planet full of lush vegetation. It is mainly forest and swamps. The Wookiees live high in the trees, in tree houses and platforms. They very seldom venture down into the swamp, which I think has a lot to do with just how they look. I mean, they are super shaggy and I cannot imagine getting swamp water all over that hair is anything to deal with. Especially, I don't know if they have hair dryers or whatever, who knows. Maybe they aren't bothered by the smell of a wet Wookiee, but I've heard ...and seen that other people are, so they stay up top. They stay up top, they try to stay dry, very seldom venturing down into the surface of the planet. The water isn't the only reason why. Kashyyyk has a layered style of ecology. The planet gets more dangerous as you go down. When you reach the bottom surface level, also known as the Shadowlands, that is a sign right there that you don't need to be going up in this area. The Shadowlands is not an inviting place, but by the time you have reached the Shadowlands, you are truly on the highway to the danger zone. The Shadowlands is a dark world full of evil creatures, scary monsters, and terrifying beasts. Most Wookiees will go their whole entire life without ever even venturing into the Shadowlands. I mean, with a name like the Shadowlands and the fact that it is full of horrible creatures, why would you want to go there? And most don't. Some do, the brave, Chewbacca being one of them, do venture down there and it is sometimes used as a test of merit. As a way to elevate yourself in the tribe, you might go down, get something from the Shadowlands and bring it back up as proof that you were there and that you are super brave and super tough but also a little bit dumb and a little bit weird for trying something so dangerous just to get a little prestige even though people in our culture do it all the time too but we also look at dudes like that as kind of silly as well The Shadowlands also serves as an exile point for Wookie criminals so besides the horrible creatures running around down there and the general darkness, and just whatever, you are also going to be face-to-face with hardened Wookiee criminals. It's like New York from Escape from New York down there, but all the dudes are giant, vicious Wookies. I mean, how bad, I thought it was bad before, but when you add in the elements of the hardened bad guys, it's not a place you want to go visit, I don't, think. Maybe you do. I don't. But if you want to, make sure to get one of those insurance policies at the airport on your way there. Here is a small fun fact about Wookie World. On Wookie World, the Wookiees are able to communicate with the plant life. I don't believe all of the plant life but some of the plant life. That's a good thing that the Wookiees are carnivores. Hmm. I wonder if they can also talk to the other animals on the planet because they share like a similar speech pattern. I wonder. I wonder if on Wookie World. Everyone can communicate with each other. You know beast and man. Probably not. It isn't like my dog can communicate with my cat. Because they're both four legged mammals. Even though they do seem to have a little closer kinship than they do with me just being animals but it could also be that they all have a sort of fellowship based on the fact that they are sort of employees of the house not uh masters or bosses whatever you want to say i don't know the proper term i know some people say pet owner some people say pet parent or whatever but i kind of go for owner because i think you bought them you bought them somewhere and that does make you their owner It might not be the nicest term, but it's probably the most accurate term. Let's try to get through a few more fun Wookiee facts before we gotta move forward with the show. The average Wookiee stands 6.5 feet tall, but they can range up to 9 feet. They have four fingers and a thumb, just like we do, and their fur is waterproof. That's pretty neat. So I guess... I guess they are evolved for the swamp-like surface, but I do think it would be best for them to avoid that area just because of the odor to the fur. They also have retractable talons, so they are excellent tree climbers, which is cool and necessary because, you know, they live up in the trees and they gotta they got have some way to get there. I'm sure eventually they develop like rope elevators or ladders, but at first they would need the uh, talons to get all the way up there. There are two sexes in the Wookiee species, male and female. They have a live born that gestates for one year. Wookiees live to be centuries old and they are monogamous. The cornerstone of the Wookiee culture is family life and loyalty, which leads us right now into the story of the most famous Wookiee of all, Chewbacca. Before we pick up our story, Chewbacca has served a long and storied life as a warrior. He served in the Clone Wars. He has served here and there, freeing slaves and doing good throughout the universe when Chewbacca was captured. He was a slave, a slave to the Empire, being whipped mercilessly when a young Imperial officer named Han Solo freed him from his bonds, feeling, well, I guess feeling mercy, finding mercy in his heart at how brutally the Wookiee prisoner was being treated. And I would imagine that at some point he must have been having some misgivings about being in the Empire. I don't think that he just saw how bad Chewbacca was getting beat down and decided, I'm going to throw away my whole career because dude was an officer. He wasn't a Stormtrooper. Han Solo had been serving with the Empire long enough to make it up to the rank of officer. So uh, he must have had, he must have been having misgivings. He must have felt like he wanted out for a while. And this was just the final straw to his morality. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, he saw what was going down, rescued Chewbacca, and off they went into the universe. Not really having the widest career path, Han and Chewie became outlaws. They became... Smugglers the two kind of poked around the small time doing small time runs when When in a poker game Han Solo won a really dope ship named the Millennium Falcon from come on You know this Lando Calrissian this enabled them to really up their operation and they got into the spice business I don't know if this is the same spice from Dune or maybe it's just like a literal spice I do not know what is uncommon in the future. I guess the past I don't know what's uncommon In this galaxy far away really long ago in the past. It could be anything. Anyway, they got into the spice business. I had to go look it up. Spice is a drug. It is a slang term for any number of mind-altering drugs. Anyway, they are doing spice runs for Jabba the Hutt. When one time around on the Kessel Run, our boys ran into trouble. Had to eject the cargo, which put them into debt with the dangerous Jabba the Hutt. This led them to Tatooine, where... The story begins as far as I am concerned. I really only have a passing knowledge of the newer films. The prequels. I saw the first one. Wasn't into it. And just sort of gave up. I guess... If I were, like, a real, true Star Wars fan, I would have stuck with it. But, it, I don't know. It didn't do it for me, and I just did not feel like seeing the other ones. I was in a phase of my life where I was really into, like, arty films and weird stuff. And I just, I don't know, man. Star Wars wasn't doing it for me at the time, and I didn't see him. I have since changed my views and will be seeing the new ones. I am excitedly... Looking forward for the new films, but let's move along in the show and take a look at some Chewbacca action figures and whatnot. Alright nerds, let's get down to the real toy talk. For the purpose of this episode, we are going to focus upon the original trilogy. That is where my interest started and stopped. So that is where my learning also started and stopped. Basically, what you have is the... Well, you have a Chewbacca for each of the three films, which really might be the same figure for all the difference I can tell. You also have a 15-inch Chewbacca, which came out with the first movie, and then you have a bandolier. I love the bandolier because it, uh, it fits across your chest, And it also holds action figures. It is a nice alternative to the Darth Vader case, even if it does not hold as many action figures. I wish that I had this. This would have been a nice addition to my rug, mask, Chewbacca cosplay. But I didn't. And that was many years ago, so what are you going to do? The very first Chewbacca was part of the much-vaunted Early Bird kit from Kenner. I did not partake in this. I was a bit too young, but I did know some dudes who did, and they were just so jacked up when they got it in the mail. They were so happy. Getting mail is fun, unless you're getting a bill. And as a kid, you don't get bills, so mail is always fun. And it is especially fun if you get action figures in the mail. So when people receive these, they were really stoked. The figures are pretty much the same. There are some variations on the weapons, one of them being the Early bird Chewbacca came with a green crossbow, as opposed to his later dark colored crossbow. And like I said a second ago, they did release a new Chewbacca for each of the films as they came out. As far as I can tell, it is the same dude, which is fine. It wasn't like Chewbacca changed his appearance throughout the different movies or anything, right? And plus, the Kenner design is classic. Chewbacca has a great face. You can really see the empathy in his eyes on the action figure. All right, dudes, let's go dig through the VHS cassette collection and find another cool Chewbacca commercial. All right, here we go. Let me see what I got over here. Oh, this is the one I was looking for. All right, let me pop it in. And here we go. The galaxy explodes. The Rebels return.
0: You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the
1: Jedi collection.
0: How's business? Not bad for a bounty hunter.
1: Chewbacca, Princess Leia, new 8 8 and ATST driver action figures, each sold separately. Arr! Take me to Endor, ATST driver. I've no orders. Arr! You do now. Princess Leia? One move and
0: I'll set off this thermal
1: detonator. Let's go! Chewbacca, Princess Leia Organa, new 8 8 and AT-ST driver, each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection.
0: Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long.
1: Okay, this is the part of the show where we take a look online and we see what it is going to cost for you to get some Chewbacca figures into your collection. What I like to do is start at the top and work my way down. So the first thing I see clocking in at a big $4,100 is a graded early bird kit. If you want to get that Chewbacca with that green crossbow, at this point, it's going to set you back $4,000. But you do get the other guys too, so it's not, I mean, it's a terrible deal, but it's not that bad. It is that bad. It's not really that great, but... If you want to get it, that is what it's going to set you back. So scrolling down a bit more, we come across our first 12-back Chewbacca. He's on the card, he's graded, graded, and in a case, uh, let's see what he got. 9.0, that's really great. But somebody wants 3,000 bucks. There are 14 people watching, that's a lot. I wonder if they are watching to see how it turns out, or if they are watching because they are interested. Probably a little bit of both, I would think. Oh, here is something interesting on eBay. Somebody is selling the domain name Chewbacca.org. What do you think they want for it? I'll give you a second to guess. Dun, 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 dun. 2500 bucks, or best offer. But they are giving free shipping with it. So at least you got that, huh? Just kind of scrolling through here, I get the idea that a carded Star Wars, you know, the first movie, the first movie Chewbacca carded, it's going to set you back like $300, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. The other movies are kind of in the same neighborhood, probably a little less. They are a bit newer, so the price isn't as high. The 15-inch chewy in a box is like 350-400 bucks. These are eBay prices. If you bump into these at a show or at a store, you probably will pay less, but These are the guaranteed eBay good to go. Get them shipped to your house. Trustworthy prices. Loose for the 15 inch Chewie. We're talking like 40, 45 bucks. Less for the 3 and 3 quarter inch. Maybe like 20 bucks. A little bit more if he has his weapons. Look. There are also like a million different variants. I am not an expert on Star Wars dudes and stuff. I like it. I do like Star Wars. But it's not what I collect. I mainly only know... The main items. I don't know the nuances to the variant. And as I'm looking around here, I'm seeing like green pouches and different colored weapons and all different things that I never knew of. I don't know how highly sought after these variants are. The variant market is a different one than I usually poke around in. I just don't have an eye for that kind of stuff. I like stuff that I recognize from my youth. I can appreciate dudes wanting the rare one, but I just want the one I had when I was a kid. At any rate, dudes, let's move along into the final segment of the show the Toys R Us Report. Alright, hit it.
0: Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Blue Snuggle Tooth and Yap Face out of here. Migos and G.I. Joe out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us report.
1: Alright everybody, this is it. You have made it to the end, the Toys R Us report itself, where I talk about some of the things I saw when I was out and about looking to acquire new toys and whatnot. If you've been listening in, and I hope that you have, you know that Toys R Us has been on a bit of a dry spell. Well, that dry spell has seen a few clouds in the sky. Not yet a full-on rainstorm, but there is a hint of rain. Some of the Marvel Legends from the new series are up there i saw the sentry i saw machine man i saw hawkeye and i also saw a scarlet witch we have only seen these so far in my area at a target one time my wife was able to get a hold of a captain marvel for me but they have not yet shown up in the toys r us until the other day while i was there i also saw a marvel universe wasp i have not seen one of these before and i was looking for it for a while. But the thrill is past, and when I saw it, I had wanted it a while ago, but I didn't want it today. So I left it there. There was also these neat toys from NECA. There was one each of a uh, Rambo and also a Rocky. They were video game themed. They look to be in a Sega game box. So this might appeal to some of you retro junkies out there, because you got the game tie-in. There was one each. They both looked pixelated, which was kind of cool, but... They wanted $29.99 for them, and that's just a little bit too far out of my range. I'm willing to pay that for something vintage-y, but not something new unless it's big. Like maybe a big playset set or something, but these were maybe like 9 inches or so. They were inside of a box, so I do not know how much inches they was. But I did take a picture of the box, and if you hop on over to icrobots.com, you can take a look at that. Um, I got some pictures of some other things I saw there. I took a picture of the wasp of the marvel legends display it's really worth it to go there icrobots.com and read along with the show you can see pictures of what i'm talking about so if you ever if you ever need some reference drop on in there take a peek check it out do what you do. There was also a bunch of pops. Of course, there was Triple H. And when I say pops, I mean pop vinyls. I don't mean what hillbillies call soda. I mean pop vinyls. So, there was Triple H. There were These were WWE ones. Triple H, Daniel Bryan, I believe I saw Randy Macho Man Savage... They're pretty cool. There was also Sons of Anarchy and my wife got, uh, she bought Jax. She doesn't buy toys very often, but she does kind of think Jax is a dreamboat and we all can kind of admit that the dude is a bit of a dream date. So I allowed her to purchase and salivate over a Jax, uh, pop vinyl. Right after that, we left the store and went to the video store. I felt like I should go back in there and get some more VHS tapes because really, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I went back in and got a whole nother box full. I bought a lot of the Kung Fu movies. A lot of, uh, Jackie Chan. I got this movie called Cage with Lou Ferrigno. I got a bunch of neat stuff. I got some snowboarding videos that I'm gonna try to sell on eBay. I think that there is a market for all these, like, extreme, uh, sports videotapes and whatever. I've... I've sold some before. I've sold a few surfing videotapes and a bunch of stuff. I think that these dudes who are into, like, skating and snowboarding, I think that they're, like, wrestling fans. They're kind of tape traders. At any rate, I got a bunch of stuff over there, and I'm happy to have it. I'm happy to have it and to bring it back home and curate it. When I say curate, what I mean is I'm going to come home and integrate them alphabetically into my already existing VHS collection. Speaking on a retro and also obscure topic like uh, VHS tapes, even though they don't really cover VHS tapes as much as I would like to see, but then again, I would like everybody to cover VHS tapes more than they do, I'm talking about my friend Aaron and his podcast Retro Obscura. I've gotten into it recently and I've been going over the back catalog episode by episode. And I want to say this is really good stuff. If you guys kind of dig what we're doing here at the Toys R Us report, talking about goofy old things like video games and cartoons or whatever, give it a listen. You can find it on the Throwback Network, they're on Stitcher, they're on iTunes, they are everywhere that you can find podcasts. It's the Retro Obscura Podcast. It's it's good. It gets an ISR thumbs up. I don't know if I gave it 10 thumbs up because that's really hard to achieve. No, I give it 10. 10 thumbs up. I want to go on the record and say I think that the best way to listen to any of the Retro Junkies shows ...is on the Retro Junkies app available in the Google Play Store. I have it. I use it. It's great. It has all the shows that you need to follow. Because really, you only need to follow Retro Junkie shows, you know what I'm saying? That is where your listening should begin and end. Mm, I don't want to take it that far. There are some other cool shows out there. We got Vic Sage with Retro Radio Memories, and he also has Saturday Frights. You want to listen to that. You probably want to listen to The Retroist too... So, don't be, uh, don't listen to me as far as what you should listen to. No. Listen to me as far as what you should listen to, but don't listen to me when I say you shouldn't listen to anything else. Because you gotta have an open mind. You have to have an open ear and just, well, just put yourself out there and give things a chance. Which is actually the opposite of what I said earlier, but it is more in line with how I actually feel about things. All right, everybody, this has been a lot of show, so let's get ready to take it on out of here. Make sure to check me out on Twitter, that's at ICRobots. Make sure, this is the important one, make sure to check us out at ICRobots.com. And also, make sure to go to Facebook at facebook.com backslash IC Robots, that's I-S-E-E Robots, and take part in our everyday Mini-Mate name game, Or I take a picture of a Mini-Mate from my collection, and you get to guess who it is. There's no prize, there may be a prize at some date, but there is not a prize now, just the satisfaction of beating other knowledgeable fools at a toy game. Make sure to click on the Entertainment Earth banner. Make sure, make sure, make sure. I know I've said it a million times, but these are important things. They are so important for the success of the show. Make sure to go on over to Entertainment Earth through the icrobots.com link and buy a bunch of cool stuff. All they have there is cool stuff. Cool toys, cool shirts, cool statues, posters, you name it. Go on over there, support the show with a generous purchase from Entertainment Earth. That's probably enough of me shilling and talking about myself for one week for the boys down here at the IC Robots Command Center. If you don't know, now you know.
0: Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying?
1: This has been an IC Robots Radio production.